This is a Dude Studios production. And hey, I'm the Dude. Bartender podcast. And sorry about the time off that I took up for a little bit, but you know, it was needed. It, I really felt like that I needed to take a little bit of time off, relax a little. There's a lot of crap going on during my day job. And you know, it's just it's important to sit back and relax for a little bit. I really do enjoy doing this show, but even when you have it a career or something that you thoroughly enjoy doing every once in a while you got to take a break i mean come on don't you really especially with all the bullshit that's been happening uh the last couple weeks i mean i've sat back and watched uh things on yahoo news and stuff like that of all the craziness that's happening out there and i wanted to stay out of it because i'm your bartender your bartender there's two things in this world you don't talk about when you're in a bar one is politics, the other is religion, because uh, not to disrespect anybody, but we've all got different opinions, we've all got different beliefs, and it will do nothing but start a fight. That's the reason why we don't allow that in our bars. Everybody that uh, is a bartender, you got to keep that in mind. You don't, if you're uh, looking forward to come in and say that there's a conspiracy somewhere out there because of whatever happened uh, in whatever politicals thing that just happened i really don't care keep it to yourself because you're just gonna start a fight in your bar or lose customers or make less tips you've got to be the one that is that is the innocent bystander you know the uh the person that takes that stance where it's just like okay you got a good point you got a good point shut up what what can i get you but as a uh, person, uh, uh, I'm just going to absolutely say there were some things that happened in the last few weeks that I am thoroughly, thoroughly, uh, oh, what's what's the word I want to use? Uh, I'm thoroughly embarrassed for the United States for the way, it, way it's happening. I don't know if it's happening in other countries, but we embarrassed ourselves in the last couple weeks. I and I'm not talking about uh, any uh, elections. I'm not talking about people's belief structure. I'm not talking about uh, anything specific. But we that that was horrible, scary even to see that happening on U.S. soil. And uh, it's just gotten to the point where I it was like I treated like Area 51. Why do you want to go do that? Let's all head over to the bar for some shots. Yeah, let's let's just go to go to the bar, listen to some music, have a couple shots, have a couple beers, drinks, and uh, I'll go have a good time. I mean, it's just that easy. And uh, pretty soon, you're going to forget what uh, you were all fighting about and be singing sea shanties back and forth. Come on, sounds like fun to me. But enough of that. Let's get to uh, today's drink special started. Uh, so you want to order a drink? Take a look at the drink special board. And today I pulled a drink off Instagram from catamaran.cocktails. Uh, they're in Jolly Harbor Marina and Boatyard. They call this the Greyhound Cocktail. Now, some of you out there say, Greyhound? <laughs> you know, I'm, I've been making Greyhounds forever. Okay, this guy's got, or gal, I'm, they, this, it's non specific onto who. 
they've got an interesting take on this, if you ask me. Now, here's what they say about it. The Greyhound cocktail was originally made with gin. Vodka wasn't popular in the States until after World War II. According to a 1945 issue of Harper's Magazine, the cocktail was served at restaurants in Greyhound bus terminals, which is how it got its name. It's a very simple drink, but so satisfying. The fresher the grapefruit juice, the better. Adding rosemary turns it into something really special. Now, this person writes down the ingredients for this as if he's making the drink for two. Now, when I interviewed Jesse Singh from Famous Bartending School in New Jersey, uh, he gave me a drink recipe that day and gave me the recipe as if you're making it for two because you don't want to drink by yourself. You want to have a friend with you there at all times. So uh, that's uh, pretty much what Cartman, uh, Catamaran Cocktails did here. So just remember when I tell you these ingredients, it's for two drinks. And if you want to make it, uh, make it down for one drink, then you know start practicing your uh, division and apparently fractions. So how to make the Greyhound Cocktail as according to Catamaran Cocktails? You need four ounces of vodka, one ounce of rosemary simple syrup, eight ounces of fresh pink grapefruit juice, strained. Then how you make it? You shake it in a shaker for with ice for 30 seconds and pour it into an ice-filled glasses. Uh, garnish with rosemary springs and serve. Sprigs. Sprigs. Not springs. Because rosemary doesn't spring. Uh, rosemary sprigs and serve. Quick instructions for the rosemary syrup is available on YouTube. Uh, just look up Catamaran Cocktails. Check them out on Instagram. Then go check them out on YouTube. And they'll give you a little bit more insight on some of that stuff. Sounds pretty interesting to me. Just remember, they said the fresher the grapefruit juice, the better. So, you know, if you don't have any grapefruit juices, uh, uh, grapefruits in your restaurant, if you're one of those type of bartenders that wants to do something special for one night only, Head on over to the grocery store and grab a couple of grapefruit uh, grapefruits, bring them into the bar, and you know just something special for some of your customers, one or two of your customers. If you already know that they like grapefruit or they like greyhounds, uh, show them this different take on it. And if it doesn't go over well, uh, I guess you're going to have grapefruit for breakfast for a little while. Sorry about that. So for when I recorded this podcast, uh, we are near the Super Bowl. And everybody's getting excited. Everybody's uh, rooting for their team or rooting for uh, the team that they hate the least. And, hey, it's kind of like a political election. But, uh, you know, everybody's getting ready to uh, for Super Bowl Sunday. And, uh, you know, hopefully you're getting ready and hopefully your team's out there. But just remember, people, uh, sometimes you got to uh, be Switzerland when it comes to that sort of thing. Just... Uh, not upset your bar customers. Uh, what was it? The World Series years ago, I think it was back in the early 90s or late 80s, where there was an uh, uh, earthquake. It was like, uh, and uh, well, it was it was the Oakland A's versus might have been San Diego or San Francisco Giants. It might have been the Oakland A's versus the San Francisco Giants, and there were hats that were split half and half with both teams and both colors uh, of the team on either side of the hat. I thought that was pretty interesting, and pretty much only bartenders would probably wear those. But, uh, yeah, just remember, Super Bowl Sunday is coming up. Just 
have your drink specials up and ready to go, especially beer. So anyway, yes, I decided to take a couple weeks off, uh, mostly because a lot of uh, there's a lot of stuff at my day job that I uh, had to take care of. I was getting a lot of stress uh, from everything, and it got to the point where I was just like wanting to hide in my house and not do anything. It's just, I'm too tired. I'm too worn out, too angry, a little tired, a little wired, uh, gone in 60 seconds. Uh, but anyway, um, I just felt like I needed to take a little bit of time off because I love doing this podcast. I love talking to you people and I, it's, uh, just, it's just became something where I knew if I didn't take some time off, the quality of the show would go down South. So just, and remember people, you know, we all love bartending. Uh, we all love serving most of the time bartending. We all, we all love our jobs and, uh, you got to remember, take a break every once in a while the, because a job can easily turn into work and work is a bad word. That's what everybody tells me anyway. And so, uh, so I mean, you come into work and your customer has a catchphrase. There, I had this one customer that every time he came in or every time he ended a phrase, he would always say, hello, baby. And I got so sick. I wanted to hit him so hard, uh, you know, grab the muddler, shove it up his nose, whatever. And just stop saying hello, baby. But then I took a week off from work, cleared my head, came back the next week. And I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. Go ahead and say hello, baby. Yeah, that, that that's totally cool. That's up to you. But it's just the importance of taking a little bit of time off. So I, and so I can keep doing Halfway decent podcast for you guys. Uh, and I appreciate every single one of you. I keep looking at the stats all the time. Some, uh, And I am completely floored that uh, I am being listened to on different continents. Not just in the United States, but I am Hey Bartender podcast, maybe for only one or two people in various different countries. But I am worldwide. And that makes me feel really fucking good. And I've received a couple messages from some people that say that they love the show and they like it for, uh, because I kind of bring in a little bit of current events for America, some stuff that they normally wouldn't hear about in their country. And if you're looking to get your current events from Hey Bartender podcast, uh, yeah, you might want to look somewhere else because I don't have all the facts and I don't claim to. I I can sit back and say that I was thoroughly disgusted when uh, uh, the raid on Congress happened. Uh, thoroughly embarrassed when I saw that guy dressed as a buffalo, uh, and you know just all this stuff. But um, yeah, but uh, I just remember I totally appreciate you. Thank you for listening. And remember, if you want to be a part of the show, all you have to do is just email me, dude at heybartenderpodcast dot com. And if you've just got a good story that you want me to read on the show, if you want to be on the show, if you're in a band that wants your sound to get put out there, email me, dude, at heybartenderpodcast.com, and I'd be happy to have you on the show. Which, of course, speaking of uh, having music on the show, if you stick around uh, later on in the show, 
I will be featuring the single Impossible Weight from the band Deep Sea Diver from Seattle, Washington. So stick around for that. You know, I've talked to you guys uh, on and off about things about me and because uh, it's important that you get to know your bartender. Uh, some bartenders, we don't give you all the information about ourselves, probably for some good reason. But uh, in this case of the podcast, I'm sure you guys, uh, and when you're listening to podcasts, you would like to know a little bit more about uh, the person that you're, uh, that's talking. Are they really that type of person that should be talking about whatever they say? Now, there's one thing that I don't talk about that much when it comes to doing this podcast. It is my own dating life. And the reason for that is I don't sit back and think, People want to hear about this. This is, uh, you know, my dating life. Um, you know, and to me, my dating life is not that interesting. Uh, you know, point uh, here's here's a little backstory. Uh, when I was going to school, I was uh, put into a school that was previously an all girls school. My parents saw the opportunity when. Uh, they decided to let boys in. It happened to be right at the time where I was able to go to that school so they, uh, my parents could have both of their kids in the same school at the same time. Very convenient, easy. It, we're both getting the same education, whatever. But I was outnumbered by women my entire life, it, it seems like. Uh, not so much anymore, but... Uh, uh, going through grade school, high school, I was constantly outnumbered. And when I got uh, when I got to high school, I was the first class uh, freshman, uh, uh, first class freshman year that had boys in it. And the boys in the entire school were probably outnumbered ten to one. And for some of you people uh, out there that don't know, that can be intimidating. And because I've, uh, you know, you don't really have the opportunity. You don't have the right when you're outnumbered that far to sit back and say, well, you can't do that because you're not a man. You can't do that because you're a woman. Yeah. Uh, and because it's ridiculous. You see, because you see all these women, the women that I personally went to school with, I've seen them do the most incredible, fantastic things that I don't think men can do. Or the stereotypes that people sit back and think only men can do. I've seen them do strides above us. Now, that being said, uh, uh, after going to, a, uh, going to a school where the boys were outnumbered 10 to 1 and then becoming a bartender, I would talk to some guys in my life, whether they were friends or just people that I ended up talking to, they sit back and say, you went to uh, to a school where you're outnumbered 10 to 1, or you're a bartender? And Now, excuse me for the way I'm about to say this, because I'm repeating verbatim. They say, you were a bartender? You must be swimming in the pussy. Okay, no, I was not. Why? Because I'm an idiot when it comes to being around women. I have no idea when women are trying to show me that they like me. I have no idea when women are uh, put me in the friend zone until it's too late. I have, I got nothing. And that's why I never gave advice on on women. Guys would come up and say, I need some advice on women. And I look at them and say, sure, as soon as I get some, I'll let you know. And I'm, 
I'm not saying that I've stayed single uh, all my life because I haven't, but usually, uh, uh, well, like my friend Shannon always used to tell me, a woman would have to hit me over the head with a two by four in order to, for that me to realize that they like me. But uh, you know, uh, there are, there are times where um, pretty much most of the time women have to make the first move on me, otherwise I'm clueless and I don't do pickup lines. I don't do. Uh, I don't try to, you know, wear cologne or anything like that. Uh, I'm, you know, what you see is what you get. And that's me. You, um, some of you have seen me on some of the videos that I've put on Instagram. You're getting the genuine me. Uh, maybe not the backwards hat. I don't wear my hat backwards that much. It's mostly a lighting thing. But I'm pretty sure, you know, it all stemmed from when I started first uh, discovering that I liked girls. Uh, it's just, and all of a sudden, uh, you know, the, uh, starting from a young age, I was sitting there watching how the, you know, what are these girls doing? What, uh, how did, what did they tick? And they become this huge study for me. And, uh, to the point where I am completely flabbergasted whenever I'm around women. And, uh, I thought for a long time becoming a bartender, or even doing this podcast would uh, help me be able to talk uh, talk to people, not just women, but, uh, women in general, but talk to people. And it has helped quite a bit. But I still treat women exactly the same way as I did back in high school. Uh, back in high school, like I said, we were outnumbered 10 to 1, but I would always be uh, nice to the girls. I would always... Uh, compliment the way they dressed that day. I would hold the doors for them, but things in my in my head would stop me from asking them out or telling them that I'd like them, that I liked them. Uh, like, you know, my my actions were trying to speak for me, like holding the door for them or uh, letting them go in first in line or, you know, the old-timey gentleman things. And I used the excuse for a long time that I wasn't going to date until I had a car. And uh, because I didn't see the point of saying, hey, you want to go see a movie? Let's meet at this theater. And then uh, because I didn't want my parents to drive us, I didn't want their parents to drive us, I didn't want to just meet up at whatever, it seemed kind of weird. And even though if we met up at the mall that had had a theater at it, sure, we could have had a great conversation, maybe ate at the food court or something like that. But I just decided, you know, I, okay, uh, I just not comfortable dating until I have a, a car. Maybe it's a cult control thing. And unfortunately for me, because of the cost of insurance for a 16 to 18 or 20 something uh, year old male is the insurance price for that was outrageous. Mom and dad couldn't afford it at that time to help me out. I uh, really didn't date much at all until a girl that had a car asked me out. And uh, it, she was very blatant about it. And so, of course, I I, I was like, yeah, sure, let's go out. And uh, that ended weird. But, uh, you know... That was that was just my uh, mentality at the time. So I gave myself the excuse: don't ask a girl out until you have a car. And uh, like I said, it was an excuse. And uh, there were 
other uh, other interesting times well with uh through high school where it became you know i would uh date a girl or hang out with a girl even and you know i think things are going well we're laughing we're spending time together we're talking until the uh late hours of the night and then a a, a week maybe a day later all of a sudden they come up to me and say, I met the greatest guy last night. He's so cool. And uh, we hung out all night. You would like him. He's he's just like you. And I'd be sitting there going, huh? What? Uh, weren't, didn't we just, huh? And, you know, then that whole idea in my head where I'm like, oh, he's just like me. Oh, you know, you had me, but you decided to go with a guy that's kind of like, that's like me. Okay, I uh, I don't know. And things like that became getting thrown in the friend zone that easily uh, has given me like a little bit of PTSD when it comes to getting started back into a relationship, get back into the dating world, and which goes into the days of bartending. I always treated all of the uh, women that came up to the bar with the utmost respect. I you know t- would tell them, "Yeah, you look uh, you look nice tonight," or "Hey, how you doing?" You know, I I never was the type of guy that would say, "So I get off at eleven. What are you doing?" Because I my shift I always closed, and my duties as a bartender took precedence over anything else. So even if the opportunity where a girl would ask me, which happened only once, um asked me to go back to her place, I would sit back and think about it and I say, okay, uh, she's going to go home. She'll be home by like one I've got to do all my side work. I've got to put the chairs up. I've got to uh, finish all the dishes. I've got to uh, do the tills. I'm not going to be out of here until three. And then either she'll be sober or she'll be flat fast asleep. So what's the point? One guy even tried to give me advice that says uh, and told me, just close up the bar uh, and then uh, go over to her place. Once you're done, come back to the bar and do your side work. Uh, I I wasn't able to I wasn't able to do that. I, I it seemed like a weird thing to be able uh, to look at a girl and say, well, I got to get back to work and do my side work. So uh, see you at the bar tomorrow, maybe, because uh, that seemed disrespectful to me. But I'd hear from other guy bartenders. Now, I'm telling this from the guy bartender point of view just because I don't know shit about what the women point uh, women point of view. Well, I know a few details, but we won't get too far into that because a woman should really be talking about that on her own. Uh, but uh, I've heard from other guy bar, bartenders. There was this one girl that I hung out with, I was in the friend zone with, and uh, her roommate, uh, who was a guy would come in after his bar, come home after his bar shift. She and I would be sitting on the porch talking, smoking cigarettes. And he'd all of a sudden show up, run into the house, grab his toothbrush and toothpaste and jump in his car and say, see you later. And that meant he was getting laid that night. Now you have to kind of, uh, kind of admit a guy that thinks that far ahead to make sure that he has his toothbrush and toothpaste when he's going for a one night stand. That's uh, interesting to say the least. And then there was this other guy who I guess he took a girl home 
almost nightly at, uh, at the end of his shift, he would talk a girl into going back to his place. And he actually admitted to me that he's been trying, you know, he actually said, yeah, I've been trying to limit that down to maybe two, three times a week, but you know, it just keeps happening. And I'm like, what the ever loving fuck? Cause part of me was sitting there thinking, how do you keep customers? But the other part of me was sitting, sitting there thinking, how the hell do you do that? I don't have a fucking clue. And I'm like 10 years older than you. But you know, some people would say I'm shy. Some people would just say I'm being respectful. Uh, but I, well, part of, uh, a good percentage of my bartending time, uh, I did have a girlfriend and I never, honestly never cheated on any girlfriend that I had while I was a bartender. Uh, not that I can honestly say that the opportunity ever came up cause I really don't think it did, but, uh, well, some people might say differently that, uh, not, not that I cheated. No, that pe- all the people would say uh, that I'd have to relax for ten minutes in order to get uh, get some play. But uh, the I with the uh, superpower of not having any knowledge of if a woman is hitting on me, uh, the opportunity never came up, and not that I ever would have taken it. But uh, it. Uh, I think people just got used to me just being there. And so the opportunity didn't come up and I treated every single woman with the most respect that I possibly could. I don't, there's probably, uh, you know, one of my old friends that used to work with me would probably say, Oh yeah, this girl liked you. That girl liked you. This girl liked you. But, uh, I had no clue. They could tell me a name and I'd be like, what really? Why? How? What? And, uh, the, but it's just, uh, it was me just being myself, the way I was raised, the way I treated women in high school. You know, I opened the doors for them, maybe tell them that they're, uh, they look pretty that night. There was one girl that actually, she was sitting at the bar and she was staring into the wind, the mirror behind the bar, primping her hair. And she's just shaking it out, primping it, shaking it out, primping it. And eventually it got to the point where I stopped her and I said, knock it off. You look great. And she goes, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. And I was a little bit careful about saying that because that could be construed as me hitting on her. Uh, but uh, I had nothing to worry about because she had uh, she had interest in another customer that was already in there and they ended up going home uh, together that night anyway. She, she had absolutely no interest in me, and I'm pretty sure about that. But I would always treat all the women the same. I treated them with respect. I treated them with the respect that they earned, not just be, not just give them respect. I mean, I'd be nice to them at first, but if they do something to piss me off, you, I'm not going to treat you respectfully because you're not treating me or respectfully. And uh, like some people out there, I'm sure that would be... Uh, a little bit meaner to some of the customers that have questionable lifestyles, uh, whether they're, uh, oh, say, drug dealer, dancer, prostitute, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, name something, I don't know. They, uh, If somebody questioned their lifestyle, 
they'd probably treat him a little bit differently, but I treated everybody exactly the same. Uh, if the, uh, I was nice to them at first, if they weren't nice to me, then I wasn't nice back. Uh, like one girl that I knew that was a dancer, she came into my bar and I was nice to her at first, but then she started the complaints. Excuse me, is there any alcohol in this? Well, yeah, there's one shot of vodka in a vodka crayon. She said, well, I can't taste it. So, and, but then after a few months, uh, we ended up becoming not friends, but friendly to each other. Her boyfriend was a really nice guy. And, uh, you know, she started uh, being nicer to me because I, I think that, uh, uh, she was uh, she was getting in trouble every once in a while when she was drinking too much, but uh, all of a sudden the pour that I would give her was all of a sudden satisfactory instead of she her sitting there expecting me to pour, uh, you know, two ounces for one ounce price. But I can never understand the, uh, you know, do uh, how do how do I realize that a woman likes me, and and there were. You know, things that I sat back and thought, well, does she like me or is she just have she's just tired of having her hair in her ear? Does she like me or does she really, really like fiddling with her fingers? Uh, you know, or does she uh, does she like me or did she just want a free drink and show me her boobs? You know, I, it was just all so confusing for me. And I uh, it, you know, I would have to I usually have to sit there and wait. And for them to say something like they like me, they're interested in me because I was always totally confused and not to mention, I never, if I was interested in a girl and I was, you know, thinking I would really like to get to know her a little bit more, I would start studying her, her mannerisms, her, uh, and find out about, uh, about her before even talking to her instead of asking her straightforward. Because one thing that I have always carried with me my entire life is I do not hit on women that are in relationships. And, you know, whether they have a boyfriend or a husband, I just want to be respectful to, you know, because it would, it, it would, in times where I've seen girls that I've dated get hit on by a guy, uh, it kind of sucks because the jealousy bone does go off. I don't care who you are or what you do in your life, or how comfortable you are in your relationship, the jealousy alarm does go off in your head. Now, I mean, some of the stuff that I've talked about in this podcast, uh, girls, if you are listening to this and hearing this guy, me, the dude, talk about these things, and you are even slightly debating on turning to your boyfriend who is a bartender and saying, does this ever happen? Do not do that. Please. Because all it's going to do is start a fight. Probably should have gave that uh, public service announcement earlier in the show. But the jealousy bone does go off. And jealousy bone is almost worse than being in the friend zone. Uh, Because it's a bad place to be and causes paranoia. And uh, it just makes a, a relationship uncomfortable. There, uh, There are times where I've seen a guy get jealous that a girl was talking to another guy and 
I sat back and thought, you might, you two might as well just say, so should we just go our separate ways? Uh, even though that the guy was, you know, just asking her, hey, how do I get to the Texaco station from here? And, you know, you might as well just go your separate ways because uh, that's going to just be a big red flag for her that you are ultra insecure. And I am speaking a little bit from experience because I'm, uh, I do admit that I'm an insecure guy. I mean, I dated a bartender and bartender, uh, bartender women get hit on constantly, no matter who they are, no matter how big the neon sign on their hand that says I'm married, they get hit on. And, uh, if you're dating, a, if you're dating a bartender, you just have to accept the fact that they are getting flirted with, they're getting hit on because they're a celebrity and, uh, there, there ain't a damn thing you can do about that. In if you say you have to quit your job because I'm tired of you, you getting hit on, uh, that's just going to start a fight. And odds are the job will probably win. Yeah, and maybe a couple factors like if there's kids involved or marriage or something like that. But uh, yeah, showing showing insecurity that automatically deducts you about a thousand, two thousand uh, relationship points. So you'd have, you'd spend a long time building back up those brownie points in your relationship. Well, okay, people, it's my break time. So what we're going to do is I'm going to go out and have a smoke and a Coke, uh, mostly because that rhymed and I didn't really realize that until now and I can't drink. So, uh, in, uh, so during break time, I, am uh, going to feature today's musical guest. Today's musical de- guest, uh, resides in, Seattle, Washington. They are called Deep Sea Diver from their album Impossible Weight. Here's the title track to their album Impossible Weight featuring Sharon Bon Etten.
Once again, from Seattle, Washington, that was Deep Sea Diver with their song Impossible Weight from their album Impossible Weight. If you want to find out more about them, all you have to do is go over to bandcamp.com. That's where I search for all my independent artists because there is a lot of great music out there that just doesn't get any airplay or get any attention from any record executives or anything like that. These people, are most of them are just doing it all on their own because they love it. So head on over to bandcamp.com, go check out Deep Sea Diver and find uh, other music you might like Uh, because there's a ton of it out there and you're bound to find something. So anyway, I I just uh, spent a little bit of time telling you how much of a wuss I am around women. And, you know, bartending and podcasting has helped me out quite a bit because uh, I'm able to at least talk to them. If just, you know, ask some of the girls that I used to go to high school with. There's there was a couple of girls where I couldn't even look in the eye. I, you know, would just never be able to say hi to. And if I did say hi to them, that was a huge huge anxiety attack for me because I just wanted to be able to say hi and uh and some of them where they would just might get a couple words out of me but uh usually it would just be hey you look great today and that would pretty much be it because then I'd be uncomfortable and even and because I was wondering if they sat back and thought that was, you know, that, why is he complimenting me? It does, you know, does he like me or something? Ew, he's a nerd, which I am. But, uh, you know, I just, I just had no clue whatsoever if a woman ever was interested in me. In fact, for some of you uh, guys out there, girls might be entertained by this too. Uh, here is how, uh, how I am around women. I was a cable guy for a couple of years. And I was about, uh, I went to, uh, apartment building to do an install and I've got my equipment, uh, my tools under one arm and I've got my uh, cable box under the other arm and I knock on the door and I hear just a second and, uh, all of a sudden the door sli- uh, swings open and there's this beautiful brunette, uh, standing in front of me, sopping wet with a towel around all the tourist attractions saying, Oh my God, uh, uh, thank God you're here. Uh, uh, I, I, I was worried I was going to miss you while I was in the shower. And I'm like, Oh no, you know, okay. You got me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh huh. And, uh, so she said, okay, the TV's right over here. And I, uh, uh, I was trying to shake it out of my head. That was like, Oh my God. And, uh, because you know, beautiful woman sopping wet out of the shower wearing only a towel that didn't happen to me very often uh, as a cable guy but i'd heard stories from other guys and so i go over and i install the cable box and i'm about to teach her how to uh, use the cable box and hand her the remote and she put on a rope i'm not sure if she knew but i totally noticed the robe was see-through i could I spotted everything, uh, and it looked perfect, but I still handled it professionally. And so, okay, here's your remote. This is how you operate on demand. This is how you do this. This is how you do that. Please sign here and, uh, that, uh, and then I'll be on my way. And the whole rest of the week I was sitting there going, there was a beautiful woman half naked in front of me. And I didn't say one thing 
didn't make a joke, didn't hit on her, didn't do anything. Is there something wrong with me? Or am I just a reasonable guy or gentleman, say? I don't know. But anyway, people, it is last call, last call for alcohol. So come on up to the bar or else you ain't getting shit. I don't want to walk all the way out to the pool table and bring you your beers. There's more people up at the front of the bar that want drinks, so you got to huff it just like everybody else. So uh, special thanks to Deep Sea Diver for uh, letting me use their song, Impossible Weight. Go check them out on bandcamp.com. And I'd also like to thank uh, Catamaran Cocktails for letting me, whether they knew it or not, give their rendition of the Greyhound Cocktail. Go out and try it. Uh, And remember, you want to contact me in any way, shape, or form, all you have to do is email me, dude, at heybartenderpodcast.com. If you have uh, any interesting stories, you wouldn't mind be read on the air, just let me know. If you have a drink that you would like to share with the rest of the people, just let me know. If you are a band uh, and want your music to be aired somewhere, Hey, Bartender Podcast is a great place to do it. If you want to follow me on Facebook, Instagram, both uh, are Hey, Bartender Podcast. And you know what? Uh, Before I go here, there's an interesting thing that I decided that I might want to do. And I want to know what you guys think about it. What if I, every once in a while, let one of my listeners, uh, who is a bartender, server, anything like that, uh, take over my Instagram for a night or two? Like you, you choose your night, a Wednesday or a Friday, and you can, uh, you can give shout outs to your friends. You can promote yourself. You can promote your bar. You can, uh, do whatever you want on my Instagram, as long as it's, uh, cool with Instagram, uh, and, uh, just have some fun with it. So let me know what you think of that idea. Uh, either contact me on Facebook or Instagram. Or you can uh, email me, dude, at heybartenderpodcast.com. Anyway, people, uh, thanks for uh, being understanding about taking a little bit of a vacation. But that's it for this show. And as usual, back to normal, I want to wish you all lots of love, lots of sex, lots of happiness. And don't take any shit from anyone. Good night. What do you mean it's last call?